How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another exciting edition of the GBI Show. That's right, it's Gridiron Betting Insights here on ATS, one of many gambling shows that is not named after a degrading sexual act. Jay Sannon, your host here, ready to take you through week two of the NFL season. And with me tonight, we have a special guest, the second second special guest in the history of the GBI Show. Very special. We've got Wavy Davey of the Mush Bros. Wavy Davey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Excited to uh, talk uh, talk week two, baby. Let's go. Now, before we get to the games, I want to make sure that people know how to find you on Twitter. And I also want you to give us a little bit of background on the Mush Bros, because yeah. as that name suggests, there is more than one. So if you could give us that info, yes. that'd be great. It's a brethren of Mush. Um, so we are at the Mush Bros. We are four uh, Philly area guys who love chopping it up and uh placing some wagers occasionally winning them um and it's a good mix a couple of um you know i tweet a fair amount uh, on the account a lot of uh, amount um we got swaggy mitch involved in this venture uh we've got eric john eric fink thinks hoagies involved here and sporty spice is kind of our analytics mind He's, you know, he'll rarely tweet, but he's putting out some power ratings uh, a couple days ago. So it can be confusing to understand who's tweeting. Observational game stuff, NFL nuggets, it usually comes from me. If I put out plays, I'll kind of sign it with a with a wave for Wavy Davey. Um, but this kind of came up a year ago, and <clears throat> they wanted to get a gambling account, wanted to ask me to get involved. And uh, I have a lot of experience in this racket. Uh, and I thought it would be really fun, but I said, look, I need a pseudonym. I, you know, I, I don't want to go out there as me. So uh, Wavy Davy, it was, and uh, we really appreciate the support we're getting. We're hopefully, you know, producing some good content, interesting content, and most importantly, uh, winning picks. We crushed week one, and it's a long, long season, and uh, we look forward to a lot of success. What I like about you guys, you guys are kind of kindred spirits with me, I feel like, because you guys also believe that you can be smart about gambling and entertaining at the same time. And I think you guys are awesome with that. And that is why I'm super excited to have you on the show tonight. And pleasantries aside, Wavy Davey, we got a lot of business to get to because these early season weeks and the end of the season, the NFL, it's 16 games. And when you do a show that's in the neighborhood of a half an hour, that means you have a lot to get to in a little bit of time. So let's do this. And we're going to start with Thursday night football. And before we do that, I'm going to hit the brakes because I'm terrible at this. If you want to get involved with the show, we have the live chat on both YouTube and Twitter. Hit us up. If your comments are interesting, informative, or they just entertain us in some way, we will put them on the screen. We'll talk about you behind your back in front of you. Now let's get to work. Thursday night football, we got the New York Giants. They are three-and-a-half-point underdogs taking on the Washington football team. Total down to 41 as of a little while ago. Now, Wavy Davey, you're an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. But I think we're both on the same page as far as the quality of the New York Giants, which is to say they're not good. They didn't look good last week when they lost to the Denver Broncos, 27-13. Wasn't even as close as the score indicated there. Washington football team, they did play a close game, but they lost as well to the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you think here Thursday night football between the Giants and the team? This is an NFC slobber knocker, Jay. Um, I think that I don't – I mean, I'll watch it for sure, but I don't think I want to get involved a whole lot here. Um, you know, in week two, it's important to remember that a lot of what we talk about is 
based on what we saw last week, right? So most people are going to react to what they saw a week ago. And I was lower on Washington uh, than the market coming into the season. Everybody talks about this vaunted defense, and they're good, but if you do a deep dive into some of the quarterbacks they faced last year, I mean, that front line, that front seven, front four especially, is terrific. Uh, But you look at the other side. Sorry, that was like maybe a power outage. Maybe uh, I don't know what's happening there. The Um, Undertaker is coming. (laughs) You look at the other side. I mean, the Giants are just – horrendous i mean since the legendary tom coughlin retired he's hired three coaches we had ben mcadoo pat Shermer, and now joe judge you got two psychopaths sandwich between a beta male as my friend swaggy mitch <laughs> likes to say and they're just stuck in this i mean is daniel jones the guy no you know he's good for a turnover he's going to be running for his life um jay this thing went from four to three Probably, despite most people I hear, the easy bet is to make on Washington. Um, Washington closed as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite hosting the Chargers. They're now three, three three-and-a-half against the Giants. Well, what's the difference? Certainly, Fitzmagic being out uh, is affecting that number, I guess. But you look at Taylor Heineke. I know you remember last year in the playoffs against the Bucs, we were all over uh, Washington plus eight-and-a-half. He put in a gutsy performance. And – One of the angles I like to play across a number of sports is, you know, when a top star or quarterback or player goes down, it's sort of a a rallying effect. And these guys love the grit. I'm sure they're excited for him to play. I think it'll elevate everybody's game. Um, But that said, I'm, I'm not interested in betting it. Yeah, I just I, it's one of those things where I'm hesitant to bet the short week game every week anyway. And you throw on top of that Daniel Jones versus a backup quarterback. I'm hesitant there. I'm also hesitant because of how bad both of these teams were at defending third downs last week. The Washington football team let the Chargers convert 74% of their third downs in week one. That was the worst percentage defensively in the league. The Giants weren't much better. I mean, they were around 45, 50% against the Denver Broncos. I just I don't I don't trust any facet of either of these teams right now. And for me, I'm I'm with you. It is a layoff. You have the Giants averaging three yards a carry right now, even though they drafted a running back second overall in an actual NFL draft. Uh, it's just they're a disaster. So it's I don't brutal. want any part of them. It's it's and, terrible. Uh, just a couple of things here. You know, traditionally, historically, this Thursday night game has has tended to favor the home teams. Uh, that being said, the Giants seven and one ATS their last eight division road games. Uh, Washington football team one and six in their last seven as a favorite. You don't have to bet every game, folks, and uh, I'll just be hoping for carnage on both sides. Well, I'm hoping for carnage on one side, but I'm afraid that that's not going to happen. You want to talk about sandwiching beta males and things of that nature. The Giants, they refused to draft a quarterback during a good draft class. Then they drafted Daniel Jones. The other choice was Dwayne Haskins in that draft class. Both terrible. Both don't belong in the league. And then the next year, another great quarterback draft class. So that's that's what I live with here as a New York Giants. You gotta fan. love Dave Gettleman, right? He's the gift that keeps on giving. He's he's the worst. He is the worst at his job in the entire league. And this Be is careful, a league. Man. This is a league that includes the Houston Texans. By the way, he's he's worse. He's worse. He might We're be gonna move on. To this. 
Yeah, we're going to move on before I have a coronary here, Wavy Davy, And we're going to move to a game that is not nearly as near and dear to my heart. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Chicago Bears. Bengals, two-and-a-half-point dogs here on the road. Total 45-and-a-half. The Bengals, they pick up a win in their first game of the season, and I'm starting to soften my stance on Joe Burrow. He looked really good in the season opener. What do you think here? It's the Andy Dalton revenge game, right? Um, look, the, uh, this thing, I wasn't really interested. And then I saw the line dip to two and a half. I saw it dip to two and the Bengals had a nice win over a Vikings team who always confounds, who really didn't play much defense. There were high hopes for the Vikings and the Vikings can still have a nice season. It was a good win for the Bengals. Burrow looked great. Jamar Chase, you know, he's not seeing the whites on the ball thinking it was an NCAA football. He had a nice, nice day. Um, that being said, some of the stuff I read post game, they're talking about being hung over after the game. That's how excited they were. I mean, this felt like, you know, a Super Bowl kind of win. And, and now they got to go on the road. The Bears defense is not what it used to be. Um, but I thought they acquitted themselves fairly well against the Rams. Um, they're going to dink and dunk it down the field, which you can certainly do against the Bengals. I think Zach Taylor remains one of the worst head coaches in the league. Um, I thought this would be a solid three. And Bengals also being a public dog, I'm leery of public dogs because nobody, no, the public shouldn't like to bet dogs. And when they do, it's a, a red flag. So I'm coming around. I may dabble with the Bears, but it's as of now, it's not a bet. You know why public dogs are bad, Wavy Davy? You don't know where they've been. They could have fleas. <laughs> and in this right. case, I'm with you. I think that this public yeah. dog does indeed have fleas. I think the Chicago Bears, I think they win the game. I don't, you know, the quarterback inconsistency here with the Bears has kind of scared me off of playing the game. I do lean toward the Bears, however. Here's the thing. If you're going to use Justin Fields, you cannot do it on just the read option stuff. I've never understood. You bring in one of these quarterbacks. Trey Lance was the same situation there for the 49ers. You bring in these new quarterbacks. You have them run read option, the most dangerous play for a quarterback. What happens if something goes wrong and that's the face of your franchise? I don't like that. So I'm not going to play it because, again, I, I do not understand what Matt Nagy is doing there. But I do think that this is a game where the Bears bounce back. Wavy Davey, let's move to another game that is – it's going to be – a bloodbath, potentially. Let's put it that way. We're going to move to the Houston Texans, 12-and-a-half-point dogs, taking on the Cleveland Browns, total 48. And this is a game you're actually betting, if I'm not mistaken, in more ways than once. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, this is one of my my favorite plays of the week. So in addition to just, you know, what I, what I play, I, I'm also uh, involved in the Circa Millions contest, in which we went 5-0 and last week. On the Mush Bros, I will be tracking our progress. So you can't win it in week one, but you can certainly lose it. Um, so watch out for Team Anti uh, with like five A's so we get to the top of the board. Um, we, like to, we like to play underdogs. I like to play underdogs. I like to look to make a case for the underdog. The Browns really impressed against the Chiefs. They're a one team that I think deserved an upgrade in power, my power ratings uh, despite losing the game. Uh, just massive edges on both sides of the ball. And we were all over the Texans last week. They're a veteran club without many stars, but, you know, it's not a young team. It's a bunch of older vets who I think buy into what Cully is selling. 
and they might be plucky here and there. They're not going to win many games. Uh, but I think you're getting a discount, Jay, at, at 12 and a half here. Um, I have a, a, a prop play in this one as well, which I I can't take full credit for. I saw it on Twitter last night after I talked about how many yards the Browns are going to rush for. Uh, and it made sense to me, which we can talk about later surrounding Baker May- Mayfield. Um but obviously you worry about a backdoor McGlure if the Browns are up 17 late and Tyrod, you know, a little little uh, backdoor cover there. But I think you're getting a discount. I make this over north of 14. If the Browns have any interest of all, there shouldn't be a hangover. There might be initially, but they didn't get that win. They want to get off the schneid. Uh, they should win this by 20 points. Now, you mentioned the Andy Dalton revenge game for the Bears a little while ago. No love for the Terod Taylor revenge game huh. against the Browns after he played there for about 15 minutes. Where to, hasn't um, Terod played? Uh, you know, I take him in New York right now. I could use yeah. him instead of Daniel Jones. But I'm with you on this game. I do think that the Browns win it pretty handily. Uh, Taylor was decent in his first game but I don't expect that to continue. And I do not expect him to see as much of the ball because as you mentioned, I think the Browns are going to be able to name their number as far as rushing yardage is concerned. Now, Wavy Davey, we have a better game to talk about here. Finally, one that does not involve a AFC North team and a team that is not so great. We are talking now about the LA Rams, my pick for the NFC championship again this year. I think it's like the third year in a row it's become more of a bit at this point than an actual. Yeah. But I think they're going to do it this time. I do believe in them. They take on the Indianapolis Colts on the road, total 48 and a half. And you want to talk about week two being a week where we kind of have to battle the overreaction to the way that certain teams have played. Well, the Rams are that team. Uh, Matt Stafford threw for 12 yards per attempt in week one against the Bears. Do you think that the markets kind of overreacted to what they did and that the Colts have a better shot than the market's giving them credit for here? Yeah. In, in sh- short, yes, I do think it's a tad much. At, at plus four and a half, I, I was considering a play on the Colts. Um, at three and a half, not so much interested. Uh, but you failed to mention, who is who is playing in this game, Jay? Is there a certain well, quarterback? There is. There's a quarterback who looked a lot better as soon as he left the toxic (laughs) wasteland of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that being Carson Wentz. Got it. Well, I will say this. You know, he he was one to drop thinly veiled excuses on anyone but himself. But the the Colts lack, lack speed across the board. I mean, this is just a boring, vanilla kind of team. And, you know, what did Carson do? He 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 was fine. There was that fumble on a fourth and one sneak. There was a sack on a fourth and two. There was a fumble when he's diving. He still haven't learned how to slide. And then just a virtuoso Carson Wentz performance. He's missing reads. Open guys, he's missing. I mean, what is that? It's the same stuff. And, you know, I think players see it. And, look, can he be successful there? Absolutely. Is he going to make some awesome plays? Sure. Is he going to win some games? Yeah. And we hope he plays 70% of them for the Eagles' sake. Um, Rams were really underwhelming on on, uh, on the run defense against the Bears. I mean, David Montgomery, he's two yards in a cloud of dust. You know, he had 100 yards. Um, I thought the Rams' win was, was a little misleading. They won by 20, but uh, Bears had some chances, and Rams hit some big plays. Um, you know, now they're going on the road. Uh, um, I – I Colts really have some offensive line issues as well. 
So look at four and a half, I would consider Colts at three and a half. It's uh it's a pass for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you on passing on this game. I, I would lean toward the Colts toward the Colts. The the contrarian in me wants it to be the Colts in this game. But you mentioned those offensive line injuries. They are also missing some members of the secondary, or at least they're on the injury report and missed the last game against the team in the Rams that can hurt you now the same way that the Seahawks hurt them last week, which is vertically. That's something that the Rams were not able to do with Jared Goff, a quarterback. Now they can do it. Guy can put a little bit more air under the ball. So while I want to believe in Carson Wentz and the Colts this week, and by the way, I'm now cheering for Carson Wentz. I hope he has a Hall of Fame career. Same thing with Ben Simmons. I hope he gets traded to the Sacramento Kings and becomes a Hall of Fame point guard just outside of Philadelphia. But that's my takeaway there. I, I like the idea of the Colts, but I don't like their current roster and their current injury situation enough to do it. Yeah. Now we're going to go to the AFC East. We're going to go to the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. The Bills, a three-point favorite on the road, total 47 and a half. And the Bills got off to a great start against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they could not finish it. That is for sure. The Dolphins... They did the job. They beat the rookie quarterback in Mac Jones and the Patriots. So maybe the records flipped from what you would have expected after week one. But either way, the Bills now, if they don't get a win here, staring 0-2 in the face, do you think they get the win? More importantly, what do they do in the betting markets? You know, I think the hook comes into play uh, immensely in this one, Jay. Bills have won five in a row in the series, seven of eight. Um, It's a huge game in division. The Bills lose this. They're two games back, and with a division loss, essentially two and a half games back. Uh, We were on the Steelers plus six and a half, and that game just sort of turned on a dime. It was was 10-0, I think maybe 10-3, and the Bills were going in, and I think they went for it on a fourth down. And Josh Allen just couldn't get untracked, and the Steelers' defense has a tendency to do that. But there were a lot of fluky things, I thought, that led to, you know, there was a blocked punt, so – if you dive into the numbers, the Bills sort of dominated that game. Uh, Josh Allen's got to be better, but can the Dolphins' D-line pressure Allen like the Steelers did? Um, I'm not sure. One thing, you know, what I look at kind of an intangible in Miami and in uh, Jacksonville especially is the heat. Um, Buffalo's used to going down there once a year, but some weird stuff happens down there. I mean, you remember that Patriots game where they won on like a last – I mean, weird stuff <laughs> happens in Miami. And the Miami's graduated to a good team. Tua was fine. Um, and Miami looked kind of – looked the part. Um, I think this one's close. I would take the points if I had to because I think most people are high on the bills counting on a bounce back. Um, I think this could be a three-point game either way. But uh, – no real interest for me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm one of those people who is always high on the Bills. So I, if I had to, I would go the opposite way and take Buffalo. But I think you make a nice point there with the Heat. Uh, they, what was it? The LA Rams last year. They just they destroyed them. It was like multiple return touchdowns. You're absolutely right about the early season Heat situation involving the Dolphins. But on top of that, this is another good defense in Miami. So as much as I want to believe that the Bills are going to get the job done. It's not going to be as easy as it seems, so I uh, I will also be abstaining from that number. By the way, Eric Fink loves Wavy Davey, and uh, after talking to you now for almost 20 minutes, it's the first time we've ever spoken, by the way. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to agree with him. I'm going to oh, have to say you. that is a good take. Well, yeah, you are off had, to a fantastic start here. I've been a keyboard warrior. We've been DMing a bit, but, uh, you know. Uh, but we love Fink, too. He's he uh, he's a huge supporter of just any of his friends. Anybody he cares about, Fink will just lift you right up. He, he makes you feel good. Love to see it. Love to hear that good people do exist in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I didn't know it. I didn't know it. But I'm learning it as you guys educate right. me on it. Right. Let's stay in the AFC East, Wavy Davey. We are going to talk about the Patriots and the Jets. Patriots five-and-a-half-point favorites, total <laughs> 42-and-a-half. And – it wasn't terrible for the Patriots last week. They didn't get blown out, but Mac Jones certainly didn't put up points in bunches. Zach Wilson, same thing. Wasn't terrible, but wasn't good enough. One of them's going to have to get a win here, unless there's a tie, I guess. But what do you think? Who do you think gets it done? AJ, did you hear the one about Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks? Have you heard that? little? I have, I've heard that. And it grinds my gears. Because, yes, he is very good. The great, good teams win, great teams cover. The great Bill Belichick against rookie QBs, 21-6. and six. And you know what? In 20 years with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you better have a good record against rookie quarterbacks. You know what they are, ATS, in those games? 15-12. and 12. So I don't want to hear the blanket statements. Oh, Pats against a rookie QB. Guess what? They got a rookie QB, too. Um, this thing opened three and a half, up to five and a half, six. Um, Zach Wilson this is a Swaggy Mitch's boy, Zach Wilson, by the way. Any good press Zach Wilson got this summer, Swaggy Mitch just sending it over to us. Like, we get it, man. You're licking boots of Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> he was he was running around like chicken with his head cut off in the first half against the Panthers. Um, credit the Panthers' defensive front for that. Credit Makai Becton injury, which looms very large in this one. Uh, but Wilson picked it up a little bit in the second half. Um, I don't think anybody wants to bet the Jets here, but you have a home dog in division uh, and a rookie quarterback making his first start at six. I would have to pass on the Patriots look at Jets only. Um, but can't you see this game being like 21-17 Patriots with three minutes left and Zach Wilson throws a, a picky for a touchy, as I like to say, a pick six? to bust the cover well i hope that doesn't happen and my reason for that is i am taking the under 43 in this game i got okay. it earlier in the week it right, is 17, uh, now 14 that would be perfect yeah if it yeah. could be 17 14 when that happens that would be lovely um you know i think that you mentioned makai becton protection yeah. issues a big deal for the jazz sack six times was wilson in week one and I think, I mean, it's just a situation. Both of these defenses are, I would say, slightly above average. And I would think that it is going to be problematic for both of these rookie quarterbacks once again. It takes time. It just does. That's how being a rookie in the NFL works, especially when you're a quarterback. I think we see something around that 20 to 17 score at the end of the day. And I just cross my fingers for a lack of a pick six to ruin it. <laughs> Now, Wavy Davey, we're going to go to your guys, and I'm, this is the part of the show where I'm a little concerned for my own well-being. We're going to talk about the 49ers and the Eagles here. The Niners are favored in the game, somewhere around two and a half, total 50. Uh, the Eagles, they, they look good last week, but I'm going to say it, but it was against the Falcons. Do it against a professional football team. Go ahead. Make the case for your guys. Yeah, so I will be there on Sunday 
Uh, it'll be a glorious pregame experience. Hopefully the in-game experience is just as fun. But I will be there. Shout out to my boys from the lane hooking me up with the ticket. I know they're watching tonight, so thank you. We're going to have a blast. Um, look, Howie Roseman, he wants to build this thing from the trenches, right? So he loves to the offensive defensive line. Last year, despite Carson Wentz's putrid play, the offensive line was also a wreck. You got Lane Johnson healthy, not playing on a mangled foot. Brandon Brooks is sort of a lost, you know, you don't hear from him. He's a terrific player. He's a great guy also. And uh, Lane and Kelsey, those guys make Kelsey better. And then they signed Jordan Mailata, who was a seventh round rugby player out of Australia. And Jay, I don't know how many times if you've seen that clip of uh, Jalen Rager's touchdown, I've probably seen it a couple hundred times. Um, and I think I went from six to midnight as I was watching it. Malata just destroys this guy. So there's a lot to be excited about on that side. And then Hertz, there wasn't much tape on him. Sirianni got criticized for not playing these guys. And look, it worked out. They got handshakes. Looked like it was going to be a shootout against the Falcons. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of shut it down and run away with it. So the defensive line is going to cause Jimmy G, I think, a lot of problems. Um, but at three, you know, I told you before the show, it might be 1230 and we're whacking beers and K-Lot down at the link. And I might just to join the boys, sprinkle some Eagles money line. But, you know, at three, I, I think the buyback has been maybe a little too much on the Eagles. I, I know some, some guys I respect are thinking the, the Niners here, but, uh, they had a lot of injuries in that, in that game against the Lions. So, first of all, I should say right up front that um, the Eagles shouldn't be playing this game because uh, they should all be in Guantanamo Bay for tanking in Week 17 against the football team. You didn't even keep Sudfeld. You didn't even keep him. So, though, we want to see what we have thing <laughs> just straight to Guantanamo they Bay. They fired the coach who did it. Uh, well, they should have put him in Guantanamo Bay instead of firing him. I don't think it was a see, look, it wasn't a see what they had thing. It was a, you've been a good soldier, Nate Sudfeld. And no, but that's what he said. He said that's, they said they wanted to look, see what they had, which we all knew was a lie. Look, so just be honest about it. And you got the touchdown with Devonte Smith, which was you, which was drafted with that ill gotten draft pick. So congratulations. It only look, costs the dignity of the city. Once again, you are a New York sports fan. You cannot be as soft to think that your six and ten New York football giants were worthy of a playoff spot, as if they would not have gotten stomped forty-three to six in that in that wild card game. And Joe Judge, I mean, just what a baby! He's such a hardo and doing Oklahoma drills with his guys and crying to a man. Somebody retweeted it the other day, and they're like, "This is still the funniest thing I've ever seen," and it's like a Twitter timeline of Giants players crying in their beer about it. You know what? You want to make the playoffs? Win one of those games. Hey, Danny Dimes, don't fall on your friggin' face when you're running for a 65-yard touchdown against the Eagles. Hey, Evan Ingram, catch that little floater that would have sealed the game in the, at the end of that game. So I don't want to hear it. I'm tired of you taking shots at my team, at my city. I know we got probably more people watching right now from, from Philly than the, whatever podunk town you're from, Jay. No, you're factually right about all of this, about the Giants, about the lack of viewership on my program. You're factually correct across the board. I will not dispute any of that. With that said, 
They all belong in Guantanamo Bay. They they cheapen the dignity of a city that okay. eats at gas stations three meals a day and swims well, in dumpsters. We look forward to sweeping the Giants yet again this year. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to happen too. <laughs> as far as this game is concerned, though, I I'm I'm passing. I would lean to the Niners in an actually unbiased fashion if they were not playing their second straight road game on the East Coast to kick off the season. That is a little much for me. I will be avoiding the game. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a field goal game either way, to be honest with you. Was not impressed with the way the Niners finished last week against the Lions. I mean, I guess how could you be? But uh yeah, that's enough to scare me off of this and that is enough to scare me away from the game as a whole. Yeah. Uh Fink to answer your question, I have not had any IPAs. I was on a tight schedule, came home from work, fed the kids try to get this contraption set up, uh, try to avoid weeknight beers these days, but uh, you can bet your ass that Sunday we'll be going hard down at the link. Roman Cokes, as soon as your show is done, promise you that. Yeah, I mean, what I'm is I'm going to need them when I watch the Giants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right, what do we got awful. next? Next up, Wavy Davey. I am, I'm glad we got through the Philadelphia thing without any blood being shed. We'll talk about the Raiders and the Steelers. Raiders six and a half point dogs going to Pittsburgh, total around 47. Now, both teams won their week one games, but they didn't look super impressive in doing so. But that's a lot of points when you deal with a game like this, in my opinion. This game's tough, man. This game is tough. So just a brutal spot for the Raiders. Um, short week, overtime, emotional win. They lost uh, good, their offensive lineman. Josh Jacobs is banged up. I mean, the Ravens really blew that game and and look, looked like crap doing it. Um, credit to Derek Carr. He really impressed me. Um, here's a stat for you, Jay. It's not it's a small sample size, but since 2005, uh, West Coast teams traveling east on short rest are 5-12-1 against the spread. You look at the other side, uh, ben, ben Roethlisberger looked like he was 50 years old playing in like an old-timers game. I mean, he can't move. And the offensive line still stinks. You know, they thought drafting Najee Harris would cure their ills in the run game. I don't think that's the case. Uh, Tomlin is such a big rah-rah guy. We, we love him as a dog. So uh, I like to fade Pittsburgh as a favorite. But that defense is for real. Uh, Carr's going to have to sling it. If anything, I would look under, under in this game that I think it'll dip. Um, I don't see – the Raiders' defense really impressed me. How much of that was Alejandro Villanueva just getting abused by Max Crosby. But Raiders' defense kept them in that game. So uh, I would look under here, if anything. Yeah, I, I don't like either of these sides heading into this game. I think they both benefited from some less than sustainable good fortune in their previous games. You had Lamar Jackson fumbling left and right to keep the Vegas Raiders in that game. You had the block punt for a touchdown, which you mentioned during the Bills game, that really swung that game completely in the favor of Pittsburgh. Um, this is a game I want to sit back and see what these two teams have because I don't think they have consistency at the quarterback position either of them, even though Derek Carr topped 400 yards in the season opener. I, I want to sit back and observe. I need more information on both of these teams. That's my take on that game. Now let's go to a game where we're head-to-head. -head. We haven't had too many of those 
But this is one we are actually, honest to God, head-to-head, betting opposite. Saints-Panthers, Saints three-and-a-half-point favorites, total 44-and-a-half. You did a nice job of shopping this game on your side. Why don't you tell us about it? You know what, Jay? You have been such a gracious host letting me lead with all these games. I am going to defer to you and let you present your Saints case first. All right, let's do it. So the Saints look great last week. That's great. I'm, I'm throwing that in the trash because it was a weird situation. They had to play in Jacksonville, which I think was actually worse for Green Bay than if they played indoors. Uh, you're dealing with the heat, all of that. You mentioned the heat earlier. That is a problem for teams that are not as accustomed to it. The Saints, listen, they practice in at least reasonably warm conditions, even though they play their games inside. But I think the Carolina Panthers were just super unimpressive in week one. Yes, they beat the Jets. They sacked Zach Wilson six times. That's all great. But they're taking a huge step up in competition while the Saints, I think, are taking a huge step down. This comes down to me also to my just kind of power rankings before the season. Jameis Winston, to me, elevated the Saints from where they were last year with Wash Breeze, whereas Sam Darnold, I thought, was a downgrade from Teddy Two Gloves. That plays heavily for me, and I think LASIK Jameis, no turnovers yet. If he continues that, I think they cover the spread. Yeah, I just disagree, and this is an easy bet for me to make. I'll make it nine times out of ten. Before the season, every Tom, Dick, and Harry was given out Saints under nine wins. Every tout, everywhere I looked, I was reading an article, I was looking at a pod, Saints under nine wins. Like, So since then, so we had Saints under nine. Panthers did some nice things on defense in the offseason. They brought in Darnold. Um, as, I mean, him and Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater's a glorified backup. Darnold, I think he's going to get a shot. Joe Brady did a terrific job, his offensive coordinator, uh, putting Darnold in position to succeed against the Jets. He didn't have to throw into many tight windows. Um, it was pretty simplified. And um, let's not go crazy with the Saints here, okay? Uh, the Packers looked completely disinterested. The Packers are missing the best center in football. Lindsley's gone, second best behind Kelsey. Lindsley's gone. Back to Ari. He's chugging beers at the Bucks game. He he's not playing. Um, and because they had to go to this neutral site, you know, thoughts to everyone displaced because they couldn't play in New Orleans tragically because of Hurricane Ida. Um, that the Packers were going to roll right. And it just was kind of a snowball. And then Jameis didn't have to do too much. They had this big lead. Packers are going for it on fourth and five from their own 25. I mean, it was just a, an odd game. And because of that, Jay, I think you were, it's a classic overreaction. The look-ahead line for this game was about a pick em. Um, You know, you're talking about a division dog. I think the Packers will do – I mean, the Panthers will do a much better job of stopping the run of getting in Jameis's face. Um, The Saints center, I understand, might be out. On the Saints D-line, there's no Davenport, Onyemata. um, Lattimore's playing hurt. I mean, I think this sets up nicely for CMC. You got a stable of Panthers receivers who I think can win. Terrace Marshall is, is you know, I think a third-round pick who got some run against the Jets. Robbie Anderson, a a deep threat. So I think – I think four might be a gift, and I think the Panthers are live to win the game. 
you know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the season win total predictions for the Saints because here on the GBI show, we had the Saints over nine at even money. So this was, yeah, this is not, at least for me, an overreaction. This is an opinion full on about the Saints this season. I I think they're better than a lot of people are are thinking they are going to be. I respect it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's move on, Wavy Davey. Let's talk about the Broncos and the Jaguars. Broncos, six-point favorites, total 45. The Broncos, they just pasted my New York Giants last week. They gave up seven points before garbage time. They, they gifted us a nice little touchdown at the end to make it a sweat for the under because I wasn't sure if they actually did the PAT at the end still. It was annoying. That was Love an that. anxious couple of minutes. Jaguars. Growing pains for Trevor Lawrence early on to be expected. But what do you think here? Do we have to talk about this game? Let's make it like two seconds, just real two seconds. <laughs> I mean, what kind of sick freak wants to bet on the Jags here? Not me. But if you are a professional better, which I am not, but if you are a pro, you're betting Jags plus six strictly because of the number. Um, I'll throw a stat at you right out at you now. It's going to save this for the end, but it applies to Denver. Teams that played their first two games on the road, week one and week two on the road. From 2013 to 2019, in week two, those teams, two and 17 ATS. Last year, no preseason, no fans. They were 4-0 and ATS, which I think has a lot to do with it. Even if you want to throw in last year, that's 6-17 and 17 in week two. Who does that apply to? Denver, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Dallas. So the Broncos had a great win. Their defense looked dominant. The Jags just looked like absolute trash. Teddy Bridgewater, 22-3 and three on the road ATS. It's insane. Um, it's not going to be pretty. You have the Judy injury here. Back-to-back roadies for Denver, who probably thinks they have an easy time of it. Look, I don't think I'm going to bet it. But my guy in the circuit contest is trying to bet Jags. Uh, I said, you only get Jags or Falcons. We're not doing both. Um, it'll be a blood bet. Vegas will be pulling for the Jags. I'll tell you that. You asked if we really had to talk about this game. And uh, you know what? I'm going to let you have done all the talking because it's gross. Okay. It's gross. So we're going to move on. We're going to go to the Vikings. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Vikings. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cardinals, who may have been the most impressive team in the league in week one. Total 50-and-a-half. Kyler Murray looked incredible. The defense, Chandler Jones with five sacks. more, Three more sacks than any one player had last week. Chandler Jones more than doubled everybody else's individual sack output. But is there too much hype around the Cardinals after that win? Yeah. Where did Chandler Jones go to school? Is it something Philly related? Nope. It's the Q's, my alma mater, Syracuse. Okay, that's better. That's better yeah. than that. It's there still not go. great. It's better. Um, do you have a bet in this game? Um, do I have a bet in this game? No, I don't. I don't have a bet in this game. And the reason why is because I'm simply terrified of this line. It looks way too easy for the Cardinals. I, I am a big anti-Kirk Cousins guy, just generally speaking. So while I think that the Vikings would be the right play, given what this line looks like, I am not doing it. 
Yeah, Arizona's sort of the forgotten team in the NFC West, right? I mean, they they went one all four teams went one and oh. I mean, they were super impressive. But that game sort of got away from the Titans quickly. Uh, there was a blocked punt, and then um, and I'll dive into this more when we talk Titans, but look, Kyler Murray was great. Chandler Jones just ate Taylor Lewan for breakfast, which is kind of wild. Um, you know, what's he going to do against the poorest Vikings line? This is back-to-back roadies for them. You got Daniil Hunter outside of that. You know, what do you have? I mean, a lot of people were high on the Vikings, but you're right. In a game where you need, you're going to need Kirk Cousins to produce, um, not something I would like to bet real dollars on at this point. I, I wouldn't like to bet fake dollars on it at this point in time. It just seems it seems suspicious. It just seems suspicious, which I understand is the farthest thing from a smart betting commentary. Yeah. But when you're doing 16 games, sometimes you need to just throw a couple yeah. in the trash and say and it look, seems suspicious. And I'll say it. If it looks too good to be true, folks, a lot of times it is. And you'll learn this the hard way. Sometimes they give out public gifts and you're like, wow, that was easy. Vegas, what idiots. But a lot of times they drop Denver minus six and they might lose outright. We'll see. Also, Cliff Kingsbury, he's a loser, just a career loser. So He's handsome. He's handsome. Yeah, so handsome. So I do envy that, but I don't envy being a loser. Although I guess I'm that too. I digress. Falcons, 12 and a half point dogs taking on the Buccaneers. Total 51 and a half. And the Buccaneers, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done. Kind of a weird game to evaluate because they just coughed the ball up so many times. And then, of course, the Falcons played like hot garbage. Um, This is a game where I would lean toward the over, but I don't feel strongly about anything. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I think over is is a good bet because at first glance, you know, this one looks – pretty easy, right? I ran a pool. Uh, we ran a poll on Mush Bros the early this week of the three double digit favorites, which one is most likely to cover overwhelmingly. I think it was 60% bucks, right? So not to say that our, our, uh, ardent supporters are not, sh- you know, sharp, but you know, the bucks looks easy is my point. And talking to a couple people at the office this week, the biggest mush I know at work is all over the box. And um, I got a couple things for you here, Jay. Look, I think you're right about the over. Atlanta's going to have to score. And in the beginning of the Eagles game, it looked like a shootout. And then I don't know what happened. Arthur Smith, who like is supposed to be this guru, like just kind of stopped. I don't know what happened. But Kyle Pitts, like, and they didn't get the ball. I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, that was my big thing was how disappointing Kyle Pitts was because I've been talking about him for rookie of the year all summer. They're going to have to score because it's not like they're going to shut down Tom Brady, right? So I think Falcons and over is, it it makes sense. I don't think the number is off. I'm on, I'm going to be on the Falcons probably. It's not a bet we're giving out here. I'm sure we'll be on it in the circuit contest. Um, I don't think the number is necessarily off. I make it like 11.7. It's the spot. Um, since 2006, division road dogs of 12 or more are 45, 30, and 2 for 60%, 16.1% ROI. Um, you know, Dallas shredded this defense. Now, the Dallas has more weapons and a better offensive line, certainly, than the Falcons. But Murphy bunting injury in the secondary is big. Um, I think Ridley can do some things there. 
there's a lot of familiarity between these two teams, which which is why you see division dogs bark. Um, so look, it's ugly. I'm going to smash plus 12 and a half and be at the Eagles game and maybe get an update here and there. And hopefully it's not a bloodbath. Yeah, I, I think, and if it becomes a bloodbath, you have the Falcons just chasing points as yeah. frantically as possible. So I think it's it has the potential to get ugly. I hope it doesn't get too ugly uh, for your sake with the Falcons. So we got a few games left here, and we finally we're getting to some of the good ones here because they always backload the afternoon slate with them, which frustrates me to no end. But whatever, the TV people need what they need. Cowboys Chargers. Cowboys, they're up to about three and a half now. Uh, it was three when I bet it naturally. That was before all the injury stuff came out. It got to like plus three, minus 120 after I bet it. I was like, ah, oh, cool, we're going to get some CLB, and then everybody was out. Uh, total 55, and this is a game that is completely changed by some of these injuries and absences for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Demarcus Lawrence injury really looms large here. Um, he's just a massive talent on that on that front four. Uh, Gregory, he's out too. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Lyle Collins suspension. They'll get Zach Martin back, but you know he was inactive with with the COVID list for a bit. So uh, obviously, we both disliked the Cowboys strongly. Um, Cowboys are a big time public dog. They're getting some extra rest. They they looked great against the Bucks, right? They're going up and down the field. Chargers, there's no more Anthony Lynn. Um, so they were like an auto fade as a favorite under Anthony Lynn. Um, so you'd think they're a little more competent. This is basically a home game for Dallas because the Chargers don't really have a home field advantage. Um, I don't know if you how much you watched of the Chargers uh Washington game. Um, Chase Young didn't did Jack squat. I mean, Rashawn Slater, the rookie out of Northwestern, is an absolute beast on that O-line. Um, and the score was low, but the Chargers put up 427 yards, I think. Yeah, they outgained um, them by like a buck thirty. It was yeah, bad. So you know, the the Cowboys injury situation really muddles it for me. Uh obviously a high total here um at 55 and just keeps climbing. You know, I like the Chargers a little bit with this injury news. You know, laying it with the hook uh, has has me a little leery, but hoping for a Chargers roll. Yeah, I'm kind of – I mean, I'm tied to the game now. I, <laughs> You bet it before the injury stuff. It all comes out. It hits you. And uh, you just kind of got to ride with it. I'm uh, I'm not going to – I'm not going to drink the juice. Cash out? No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'll stick with it, and I'll say this. The Chargers were definitely the better team against a football team that uh, that lost its starting quarterback and isn't going to be as effective defensively, I feel like, over the course of the whole year as it was last season. But they did not do a good job, the Chargers, of converting their possessions into touchdowns. They moved the ball a lot. But after that first quarter score, about six minutes in, their only other touchdown on the day came after uh, Gibson fumbled the ball inside the five, and right. they got an immediate goal to go situation so maybe maybe the devastated cowboys defense can do something with that but i don't feel good about it anymore this we'll is the worst. gambling flash flashlights has chargers all day chargers so. all day well uh you know yeah it's probably going to turn into the chargers all day i, I might have <laughs> mushed it pretty bad when i bet early in the week but i felt it felt good at the time it really did yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll go next to what should be a better game than we saw from the Titans 
last week. They take on the Seahawks. They're only a six-point dog, which, again, you talk about the overreactions. It could have been so much worse based off how badly the Titans played last week. Total 54, and I have a feeling that you believe that this dog is live. I do. Um, look, Tennessee was brutal. We talked about how the game got away from them, and I don't think they played quite as bad as what the final score would indicate. Um, now they're going on a road, hostile environment, always a little leery of playing in Seattle. I mean, it's just the 12th man. You got the whole thing. Um, but Vrabel, to me, is kind of like a Tomlin, a rah-rah, underdog motivator. And I really am putting stock into that angle here. So, again, we have a week where everybody loving the Titans going into the season. They Look what they did. You know, I think losing Jonu Smith, um, Corey Davis, who was a great run blocker, I think I think they saw the effects of that, and they might, uh, and they might get rolled in Seattle. But I think you are getting big-time value at six with an inflated line here. Tennessee wants to run the ball to set up the play action, and that's when their offense and Tannehill is looking great. They had no chance to do that against the Cardinals. I don't know what the Seahawks' defense is. As of yet, I mean, they were fine against the Colts. Colts blew several opportunities. Um, but I will take a shot at what I think is an inflated number and uh, what might turn into like a might turn into a shootout with a total of 54. Yeah, and this is a game where I don't think the Seahawks are going to have as easy a time offensively as they did last week. I mean, just several deep balls connecting is against the Colts who are pretty banged up in that secondary. I don't think it's going to be as easy for them to do that. I think it's going to be a little easier for the Titans to do what they like to do than it was last week. I mean, they were averaging under four yards a play. It was a mess for yeah. Tennessee. So, I, you know, I think we see both of these teams kind of come back to a more reasonable level that you can expect from them throughout the season. If I had to play it, it would be the Titans. But um, I do not like the idea of doing it in Seattle. Seahawks always have a few clunkers in them. They're like yeah. run it 35 times instead of letting Russ cook. And they have some weird clunkers. And um, I think this one might be one of them. And for your sake, I hope it is. Let's go now to Sunday night football. We are going to talk about the Chiefs and the Ravens. Chiefs three and a half point favorites, total 54 and a half. And you know where I stand on this one. Lamar Jackson in a big game against a good team. I'm going the opposite direction. I am betting the Chiefs. I am laying the points. I'm being a square here. I will do it. Listen, Lamar Jackson failed to break 100 passing yards in this exact same game at night last year. Do I think he's going to be better than that? Yes, but I still don't trust him in big games against good teams. I just don't. What was that number? Three last year in that Monday night game? It was right around there. Right at three. And they just torched him. I mean, it might just be a matchup thing and um... – you know, you saw the Browns get out to these leads, and then when the Chiefs come back, you know, a guy like the Browns who want to rely on the run and Baker's got to sling it around, that's not really his strength. It's not the Ravens' strength either. And their offensive line, Jay, is an absolute disaster. Um, Villanueva just shredded by Max Crosby. Um, Lamar really didn't impress. I mean, he was missing guys in the flat. Um, so he's expected to kind of take that next step and he says all the right things, but, um, look, as, as this thing creeps toward four, I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'll have a play in this game, but, uh, it's going to be hard for me to get on the Ravens after what I've, what I've seen in their injury situation. So 
you know, before I pick NFL games each week, I fire up my abacus, my adding machine, and I run all of it through an NFL model that I threw together. And this is actually a game where the model favors the Ravens by about a field goal. So I'm going like way off the rails here. The reason I'm doing it is because you look at the data for the Ravens and you actually, you know, look at it pre-formulas and regressions and all that nonsense. All the good stuff comes against bad teams. That's just factually what they are. And from a non-numerical standpoint, in addition to all the Ravens versus bad team stuff, I, I just I liked the way that the Chiefs played facing adversity in week one right after losing a Super Bowl. We've seen teams that lose the Super Bowl come out, get punched in the mouth week one, and just shut it down. The Chiefs obviously didn't do that. They played extremely well the rest of the way. And I just I think that they're a team that showed me a lot in that game. I yeah. think that's that's it. You know why they didn't shut it down? Because they're coached by Big Red, baby, our guy. And he's another one who he left Philadelphia. He won a championship. And I was like, good for him. Good, good for him. Very happy. Guess who, else, guess who else won a championship? These guys. Yeah. So, 41-33, babe. Can't take it that came, away. I'll say this. It came against Tom Brady, so I was pretty happy. It came against New England. So, that was okay. It was the best possible team they could have beaten in a Super Bowl. I will give them that. So our final game now, Wavy Davy. We said we we're going to do a half hour. We're coming up on like an hour because you have been tremendous on the show, giving us amazing information. And we will close it out with the Lions and Packers at just so many points. So many points. 11 points to spread. Total yeah. 48 and a half. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers expected to bounce back after their clunker against the Saints. The Lions, they looked respectable toward the end against the Niners, but it was all bad before that. I don't know what to make of it. I'm, oh, I'm skipping this game entirely. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers looked totally disinterested. Um, the pictures of him in this postgame presser were downright frightening. The man looks like he's aged 10 years. Um, and uh, they've got major O-line issues, as we mentioned. And they couldn't run the ball. And if certainly if you can, you know, if you're going to run it against anybody, it's going to be the Detroit Lions, who are just miserable. Dan Campbell is certainly not a beta male. He is an alpha to end all alphas. Uh, Jeff Okuda injury, you prop lovers. Devontae Adams should get his, whatever the number is. But I think you'll just see a better effort on offense, a more cohesive try hard. Um and Goff was, you know, moved it a little bit too. I think they have a nice combination with Swift. Penny Sewell looked okay. Uh, Hawkinson, you got is seems to be Goff's binky there over the middle. Um, so I'm, as long as the weather in Green Bay is good, I'm expecting points in this one. Looking at over 48, I make it closer to 50, um, and that's where that's where my my head's at. Dave says that you're off the lane, by the way. So I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I gave a shout out to the lane. My my uh, my buddies uh, who lived a couple blocks over. We're going to the Eagles game with, uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he's had a few too many, and he's just rage texting right now. You've been excommunicated <laughs> from the lane. <laughs> but yeah, as far as this game is concerned, I mean, it's it's hard not to expect a beating, even if Aaron Rodgers looked like CM Punk after a divorce in those post game presser oh. photos. It was sad, man. Yeah. It, was, it looked like he was auditioning for a wild hog sequel. <laughs> the hair slicked back. He looked all washed. It was sad. Yeah, he but, looked uh, like like a like a doomsday prepper kind of thing. 
Yeah. Or yeah, like it a, looked like he had a bunker. Or like an auctioneer at a storage wars situation. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's a beating, but I, I'm not laying 11 points after yeah. the way they look. And we've seen this Packers, not this exact team, but we've seen the Rodgers Packers struggle in some of these night games against lesser competition where they've needed late drives. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not just talking about the Hail Mary against the Lions, but San Francisco on Monday night yes. against the backup, they needed, uh, they needed a late drive. It's been kind of habitual with them, so yeah. I, I can't in good conscience get involved totally, in this. I totally agree. Let me give one more nugget to the to the faithful listeners here. Also from Ralph Michaels. Uh, week one home favorites who lose outright. There were a lot of them. Since 2013, those teams on the road, so you lose in week one as a home favorite, then you're going on the road, covered 61% of the time in week two those teams atlanta who we who i'm on buffalo new england the g-men and uh actually it doesn't apply to g-men because they were not favorites sorry i can't even Uh, have that (laughs) tennessee atlanta buffalo new england tennessee lost it week one at home as a favorite week two on the road highly successful uh, you got my hopes up there. I can't even have a trend. This is horrible. Definitely not a home favorite and probably not anytime soon. No, they're not going to be. Let's get to GBI bets, Wavy Davy. This is your best bets for week two. I'll give you mine right after you give me yours. Yeah, so I think we went we went through them. I am on uh, the Panthers at plus four. Plus three and a half is good. I don't hate a money line sprinkle. Uh, we are on the Browns minus 12 and a half. Um, you know, what are they going to, what's worst case they win by like seven. I mean, I just don't see how this game is not a blowout. Um, Titans plus six. So Panthers, Browns, Titans over 48 Packers lions. And I will give you my four. I have the Saints minus three and a half against the Panthers. Cowboys plus three at the Chargers, which is already not looking great. Jets, Pats under 43. And Chiefs minus four over the Ravens at minus 105 to close it out. Wavy Davy, this has been a delight. Um, It's a long season. I would not subject you to another hour anytime soon. But later in the year, I would love to catch up when both the Giants and Eagles – have yeah. uh, lost a bunch of games, and we can commiserate. Let's do it. We could just do a show on uh, the crybaby fallout from the uh, from the Nate Sudfeld game. You know, that's yeah, that's what we should do. A thirty for thirty on why the Eagles belong in Guantanamo Bay. Thank yeah, you so we'll much for being on. Loser of the debate gets shipped to Guantanamo himself. I probably belong there, to be completely honest with you. Wavy um, Davy, thank you guys. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in, especially to uh, to Chirp Wavy Davy. Next week, Thursday, 7 o'clock, you won't want to miss it. Me and the Shark go in on week three. Until then, Wavy Davy and Jay San and Saint. See you later. Thank you for thanks watching. Thanks so much for having me, man. Fun time. Thank you. Good luck My to pleasure. the Giants. And good luck to the Niners. Heel turn. <laughs>